Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us here at the Zoe Church Podcast. We are in a series right now about the power of humility versus pride. We're going to jump in in just a moment to part four of a series called Go Low. We want to just take a moment to thank every person. This is the first Sunday of the month of April. And on the first Sunday of every month, we thank everyone that gives faithfully to our church. So if you're one of our partners or if you give faithfully to Zoe Church, thank you so much for your generosity. If you'd like to join us in helping us get the message of Jesus out to around the world, you can text Zoe to 77. 977. Text Zoe to that number and we'll send you a link and you can begin your giving there. But let's jump in as we celebrate Palm Sunday, Matthew chapter 21. We are going to see the triumphal entry of Jesus today. Let's jump into a message called Our Humble King. We are going to jump into part four of a series we've been talking about, Go Low. We've talking about we've been talking about the power of humility versus the power of pride. We've been trying to just mull over this reality that pride will destroy your life, but humility will build your life. Uh, the Bible says a haughty spirit comes, and then you find destruction. But when humility comes, then great grace will fall on your life. And we want to emulate, by the way, our our prototype. Who do we want to be like when it comes to humility versus pride? We can find a lot of examples of pride. We can go through culture. We can go through through social media. we We can spot pride. But who is the humble one? Who is the one we want to be like when it comes to humility? And I will say the greatest example of humility in the history of the world is our King Jesus. In fact, I want to preach a message right down the title. It's called Our Humble King. You got to understand how humble Jesus was. Jesus, this is Palm Sunday. And if you don't know what Palm Sunday is, signifies it's the beginning of Passion Week. And the most historic figure in the history of the world is about to enter into the most significant city of the 21st century. And the branches are being laid down and the people are shouting because the king of all the kings is about to enter in. It's called the triumphal entry. Now, it might not look triumphal to the world, But in our faith, we know what it means. Our humble king comes rolling in. I'm going to use my Shrek voice. On a donkey. (laughs) Couldn't wait to say it, by the way. I just was so excited. I said it in the car earlier. I was like, this is my Shrek voice. What do you think? (laughs) Donkey. One more time. I'm calling you guys. Stop it. Matthew 21, as they approached Jerusalem and they came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a, you guys get it. And with her coat by her, untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them 
and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken to the prophet. Say to the daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle. Other translations say lowly, riding on a... You guys don't mess with me today. And on a colt and the foil of a donkey. I just want to just, 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 just take a moment just to see something obvious in the text here. Two times Jesus, right before he dies, he tells the disciples to go ahead and there's something that is prepared for him waiting there. This specific one is for a cult that has been waiting for him. He says, tell him the Lord needs it. And right before the Last Supper, he tells the guys, there's a room that's been prepared for us. Tell them the Lord wants to come use the room. I just want to encourage you. You never know what you're preparing that God is going to have need of come down the road. And I just want to encourage you that you just keep taking care of that donkey. You keep taking care of that room so that one day God will answer your prayer that when the Lord needs it, Lord, it's yours. It's yours. Like I always have in my mind that when Jesus came in the triumphal entry and he was riding off that donkey, I always picture it's some older couple from Omaha, Nebraska. And they're standing there. There's our donkey, Margaret. We made it in the story, sweetie. Who would have thought we were raising Jesus' donkey? Sorry, I'm, I drink a lot of coffee. You never know what you are are stewarding. You never know what's in your possession. You never know what the Lord's going to tap onto your shoulder and say, the Lord has need of that. You thought that was your car. That's my car. You thought that was your house. That's my house. You thought that was your bank account. That's my bank account. You never tell them the Lord has need of it. The Lord has need of it. What do you have right now that God is tapping you on the shoulder and said, the Lord has need of it? They didn't fight. They didn't say, well, I know the Lord needs it. The church needs it, but it's ours. They said, well, it's yours. Come, come have the Last Supper. Come use our donkey. We're happy to let God. It's not ours anyways. It all belongs to God. So he comes riding on the donkey, and it says, it says in verse 8, a, a, a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road, the crowds that went ahead of them, ahead of him, and those that followed, they shouted. See, that's why I think church should be loud. Can I just say that right now? I don't like, I get uncomfortable in quiet places. People are like, I'm really into meditation. I'm like, I'm really into pit bull. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Feel comfortable around these verses. Shout unto God. And they shouted, Hosanna. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Hosanna means please come save us now. Please come save us. Hosanna, save us. Save us now. Don't you feel a little Hosanna in these days? Let me feel a hosanna in these, in these shifting cultures, in these shifting times, in these rainy days. Hosanna. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. And they asked, who in the world is this? And the crowds answered, ha, this is Jesus, the prophet, the Nazarene in Galilee. This is Jesus. This is the guy that's been stirring up the crowds. And they grabbed this donkey for, for a king. And he came in, rolling in, 
And they were shouting, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he that comes, not in his own name, but he comes in the name of the Lord. In other words, this is not his plan. This is not his idea. This is God's plan. This is God's idea. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. And here comes our humble king, filled with humility, not deterred, not distracted, not wondering what will they think of me? Will they accept me? Will they love me? Will they celebrate me? No, he came lowly. He came gentle. He came humble. Not full of pride. I want to just remind you what the difference between pride and humility is. Pride is a sinful, arrogant, haughty, self-reliant attitude or spirit that causes a person to have an inflated or puffed up view of themselves. Those who are proud think of themselves as better than others and look down on others with contempt. Humility is seeing ourselves as we truly are, fallen in sin and helpless without God. Humility is often characterized as genuine gratitude, a lack of arrogance, and a modest view of oneself. A modest view. Modesty is not clothing. Modesty is mindset. Modesty is having the ability to not think too high and not think too small. In fact, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking less about yourself. And here comes Jesus, and he's riding on a donkey, and he's not going, do they love me? Are they for me? Are they with me? Do they, do they celebrate? Do they honor me? Is this good enough? Do, do, I, need a, I need a bigger glam squad. Where's the social media team? He came humble, and he came gentle, and he came lowly because he had a modest, accurate view of self. I know my mission. I know my mandate. I know what God asked me to do. I know my calling. I know my future. I'm going to give you four signs of humility from our King Jesus here on Palm Sunday. These are four signs. Number one, he, here's proof positive. He came riding on a donkey. And as he rode on this donkey, could you imagine if this was today's era? Like if, if, this, if social media was around, and here comes King Jesus on a donkey. All of social media would have went crazy. Let me just, this would have been some of the reactions of culture to this, if this were to happen today. Just put it up on the screen. These are some of the reactions that would have taken place. Like, oh, that's your king, huh? Oh, oh, that, oh, that he's on, oh, that's cute. He's on a, a donkey. What? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a messiah. Sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I believe you. Uh, a donkey? I don't. That's my favorite one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Go, clap for Nate who created these. He always. You make me laugh, my friend. Like he comes riding on a donkey and everybody's like, he's going to save the world. You know, Isaiah chapter 53 said Jesus, put on the screen, he had, had nothing, the Bible uses the word comeliness, no attraction. There was no physical prowess. There was no beauty in him physically. There was nothing beautiful about Jesus physically speaking. So here comes this average Joe Schmo, this average dude riding on a donkey. And he's supposed to be, and, and 
Crazy Christians are throwing down their Patagonia coats, going, this is the guy. And they're like, play the meme. That's not a guy. That's a, that's a, this is a joke. Christians are a laughing stock. You guys are crazy. What's wrong with you? This is a king. This average, nothing attractive, nothing beautiful about him is your savior. You guys are, you guys are a part of a cult. This is crazy. It was then and it's now. It was in those times, it was in these times. They couldn't believe that this guy would claim to be the king of the Jews, that he would claim to be the Messiah of the universe. But Jesus was not threatened and needing to prove himself. He was comfortable. In fact, this was all a foreshadow. This was all just, in fact, if you read the book of Revelation, it shows us that there's a truer day coming. In fact, there's a, greater, there's a greater reality that's about to happen. Look here on the screen in Revelation chapter 19. I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called faithful and true. With justice, he judges and wages war. See, the first time our king was humble enough to ride in on a donkey, but when he comes back, make no mistake, he will ride in on a white horse. But he was humble enough to go, I don't need a white horse this time, I'm fine. In fact, even the branches are a foreshadow of what would to happen in the end times. Look at Revelation 7, verse 9. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. Jesus knew all this to come. Jesus knew, I'll be on a white horse one day. I'll rule and reign forever. I don't have any problem going low and humbling myself to ride on a donkey. I want to encourage you today. You got nothing to prove. You got nothing to lose. You came into this world naked. You're going to leave this world naked. It doesn't matter what happens to you. You you can go low. You live for a greater. Come on, anybody thankful today? I'm living for a greater day. I'm living for a greater witness. I'm living for a greater planet. This world is not my home. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Jesus got on that donkey. He's like, giddy up. Let's roll. I get 70 miles on this old hog. Let's go. We're riding into Jerusalem. And they shouted, Hosanna. Number one, he, he proves himself to be humble in the fact that he did not need. He, he, he never said, oh, yeah? <laughs> you guys laughing at me now? One day you're not going to be laughing when I come back on my war horse. You think these branches are great? Just wait till you get to heaven. More branches. He was totally secure in who he was. In fact, write down number two. This is the second thing that proves his humility is that he was secure in his identity. He refused to be Something different. He refused it. Luke 19, look at this. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd, they said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. There's such a stir going on, and there's so much chaos, and there's so much noise, and there's so much, there's so much animosity towards Jesus. And they said, tell your, tell your guys to be quiet. Watch what Jesus replies. He says, no, no, no. I tell you, I rep- he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out to worship me. He knows who he is. He's like, you, you want me to do it? If I tell them to be quiet, rocks will start to worship me. That's how, that's how much I'm worth. He was totally secure and confident in his identity as the king of the universe. 
In fact, he says quite implicitly, this, I'm not even coming to, to, to ruin this kingdom. I'm a king from a different kingdom. Look, look, look here in uh, John 18, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. In other words, it wasn't about a kingdom on earth. It's about a kingdom that, from a different place. That's why these guys were like, this doesn't, we need, if he's going to be our leader, he's got to be like Ivy League school. He's got to be rock star status. We need him rolling in on a Lambo. We need the right pedigree, the right last name, the right 401k. He's got to be, oh, I'm talking about just like perfection. And he's like, no, 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 guys, you don't understand. I'm not coming for the Roman kingdom. I'm of a different kingdom. In fact, let me just put this on the screen. Read along with me. He refused to be the kind of king they wanted, a political and military leader who would free them from the hated Roman government. Roman soldiers had occupied their land for decades and they hoped that Jesus would lead them in a successful revolt. But Jesus was clear that the kingdom he had come to establish was not of this world. He is totally secure in his identity. You know, it will be impossible for you to get rid of the cancer of pride that you are plagued with until you become secure in who you are. The more secure you are, the more servant-hearted you become. The more insecure you are, the more everything is about you. In fact, insecurity masks itself in confidence. Insecurity masks itself in self-assuredness, self-assertiveness, forwardness. But when you are secure, Jesus, by the way, was incredibly secure because he knew where he came from and he knew where he was going back to. So he understood, this world is not my home. This is not, these people are not who I live for. I live for one man and it's my father. And if, by the way, if you live to impress others, you will fail in that attempt. But if you live to impress the father, God will see your good works and he will receive the glory that you give him. But you got to become secure, not shifting to see what do they want me to be? Who do they need me to become? No, he, he didn't try to run a popularity contest. He tried to run a praise the Father contest. I only live to bring praise and to bring honor and to bring glory to a different man. It's not even myself. See, humility goes low. And humility says, I am secure enough to serve. I am secure enough to add value. I am secure. I, if you need me to come in on a donkey, I'm way good. I'm way good. Because I don't, I, I, external things like donkeys, external things like being ridiculed don't move me. I know, in fact, love opposite here. By the way, if you live for their praises, you'll die by their criticism. And so Jesus, when they would praise Jesus, they would praise him. They would go nuts and they'd go, you're the best. And he'd go, I'm good. And he'd go, oh, thanks so much. No, thank you, but thank you. Because it says he did not need the praises that were inside of man because he knew what was inside of them. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, and it's not that I don't appreciate. Thank you for acknowledging this beautiful donkey that I'm, it's Margaret's, but thank you. 
but I live only for the praises of the Father. Did you know that when you live for God's praises and not man's praises, you will live in the fear of God, not the fear of man? You cannot walk in humility until you fear God. When you fear God, you don't just worship him, but you honor him. And you say, Lord, all my, all my time, all my inner, everything belongs. It's all for your glory. And so, Lord, if you'd like, you can put me on a donkey. If, you, if you'd like, you, I, like, in fact, he's going to go on to the Last Supper and he's going to wash feet because he's not above that. He's just not above that. In fact, he washes feet at the end. In fact, I'm such a poor illustrative preacher. I cannot do it to save my life. I wanted to wash Julia's feet this Sunday. Wouldn't that have been awesome? I just think that would have been cool. And the whole team was like, you're the worst illustrative preacher ever. You may not do that. And I was like, on behalf of Julia, thank you. But Jesus goes low. He stoops down with a towel and he washes feet. And then he asks the guys, he goes, hey guys, just, just let me just get this clear. Um, you guys call me the master. Am I right in that? Because I, I don't want to be like off-putting here. You guys call me master, right? And they go, for sure, you're the guy. And he goes, okay, if I'm the master and I just washed feet, you can go do the same. What he's saying is, if you're secure like me, if you're humble like me, you're not above serving others. You're not above washing feet. There's a security that goes, washing feet, yeah, bring that bunion over here, baby. I've been bought by the blood. I'm here to serve. Some of you sickos are like, okay, this is it's getting graphic on a Sunday. He was so secure in his identity. That's why you find him serving and giving and adding the, our humble king. Right down to number three. He, he, he was confident in his future. Luke 18, Jesus took the 12 aside and he told them, we are going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. And he will be, del be delivered over to the Gentiles and they will mock him and insult him and spit on him and they will flog him and they will kill him and on the third day he will rise again. Jesus is so confident he's, he's being ushered into Jerusalem. He's on a donkey and they're shouting Hosanna and he's like, don't get too excited. All of y'all are about to abandon me. Peter, hold on. I know you love me. I'm gonna build my church on you but you're gonna deny me three times. I know you're shouting Hosanna now. Jesus, before he gets to Jerusalem, he looks over the city and he begins to weep. And he's like, oh, Jerusalem. Look here in Luke uh, 19. As he approached Jerusalem and he saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, if you, even you, had only known on this day that would bring you peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes. Jesus is weeping because he's like, oh, gosh, I know that some of you are shouting Hosanna today. Save us. But in a few days, you're going to say crucify him. He's a false prophet. I know that in a, in, in, in a few days, you're going to say, you're going to go from save us to you claim that you can save the world. Why don't you save yourself? This didn't move Jesus. They didn't, this, did, this didn't make Jesus afraid or, or scared. He was confident in his future. See, I want to encourage you, whatever you're going through, just know that God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. 
Jesus was confident in the future that was ahead. He was confident. He was so secure in what was ahead. He knew that there was, he knew what was in front of him was the cross. He knew that what was in front of him was death. He knew that what was in front of him was having to defeat death, defeat the grave, defeat sin. He knew that they were going to mock him. They were going to laugh at him. They were going to put nails in his hands and nails in his feet. He knew what was in front of him, and yet he still went ahead. I love humility because humility is not, don't mistake meekness for weakness. Meekness is controlled strength. It is controlled power. It's saying, in fact, right, right, we'll read it next week. But right before, you know, when he was, he was betrayed by Judas, they, one of the disciples cut off an ear. Like, that's some real gangster Christian stuff right there. The best we got these days is Twitter. But, you know, just like, bam. And Jesus picks up an ear, and he, and, he, and, he, and he puts it back, and he heals a man. And he says, no, man, don't you realize, if I wanted to, I could get thousands of angels in this place right now. This is the future that God has for me. When you're prideful, you're like, I got to make sure that my parents are proud and my friends see that I'm successful and I need the world on social media to see what I'm doing and I got to keep up with the Joneses and I got to image manage and I got to, because it's all external and I got to prove that I'm a success and that I'm not a failure and that I'm doing good. Jesus is like, I'm way good. I live for the Father. I live for God. I live for his purposes, his plan, not my will, but your will. Help me to decrease so you can increase. And I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I care about your thing about me. And so, God, not my will be done, but your will be done. I'm not afraid of the future. See, humility lives for the glory of God, but pride lives for the glory of man. Humility goes low to surrender to God's will, but pride says it's about my will. Jesus is, is riding on a, on, a, on a, you guys get it. He's riding on a donkey, and, he, and he's, like, he's like, you think the city's in roar right now? You think it's tough right now? You, you, you think this is bad right now? Yeah, how, about, how about when, like, when you guys like, aren't even friends with each other anymore because you're wondering if I was really the Messiah? You, you think it's tough now, even tougher days are coming, and, and, and Jesus knew, I'm going to have to go fight. I'm going to have to face Pontius. I'm going to have to get whipped. I'm going to have to get flogged. And you know what? I put the crown of thorns on my brow. I live for the glory of God. It will never be taking the easy way out that brings you the fulfillment that you desire. But every time you walk in God's plan for your life, you will be more than fulfilled. You will be more than satisfied by doing it God's way and not your way. Don't you believe that the easy way out is the God way? Sometimes you got to say yes to God's will. Sometimes you got to stay submitted to God's plan. Sometimes you got to stay on the path that God has called you to and say, I know my future might not look what I want it to, but I know it's what God has asked me to. And so if I got to drink this cup, let me drink this cup. If I got to die on this cross, die on this cross. It's not my will, it's your will. Somebody praise him today like you're willing to say, I'm willing to go low. He's so humble. The last one, number four, he was filled with passion to save our souls and satisfy them forever. He was filled with passion to satisfy them and save them forever. He was filled with passion. I, I like this. I'm going I'm to scream again in just a moment. My vein is in my forehead's going to pop for sure. He, he's on a donkey. He knows who he is. 
First question God asked anybody in the Bible is he asked Adam, Adam, where are you? Let me ask you, Zoe, do you know where you are? Do you know who you are? Do you know where you're going? Do you know where you come from? Jesus is not moved because he knows this world is not my home. I don't live for this planet. I'm not a citizen of this world. I'm going back to my father's house. He dies next to one man. He says, don't worry, bro. Today you'll be with me in paradise. I got your back, brother. You got to be strong in your identity to go low. You got to be confident. You got to be secure. You got to know, oh, I'll tell you, if I boast about anything, it's not cars, houses, money, followers, or fame. I boast about the blood of Jesus, the cross of Christ, the empty tomb. I call, I, I call the one that was and the one that is to come my friend. Give him praise. Give him honor. Give him glory today. Go low, go low, go low, go low. He's on a donkey. He's, he's, he's secure. He's confident in his future. I, I, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to prophesy doomsday. I'm not trying to tell you that, that that's going to be hard, but I want to tell you that no matter what you go through, even if it's easy or hard, whether it's good or whether it's bad, whether it's the worst times or the best of times, I want to tell you God will never abandon you. If it feels like the city's in a stir and they're all against you, don't worry. The Bible says even when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise a standard against him. And so Jesus, here he is, the triumphal entry, coming into Passion Week. Oh, I'm excited this week. And I want to encourage you, Zoe family, Westside, hear me. Let's fast Tuesday. Let's pray for sun up to sundown. Let's seek God. Let's get passion back. I, I, I really believe this, that one of the things that's lacking in, in, in society today is passion. Oh, I want to live with passion. I want to live for passion for God. I want to live for passion for people. I want to live with passion for life. Don't you lose your passion this year. On Passion Week, let's get our passion back. Don't let the enemy lull you to sleep like he did Samson. Get some passion in your life. Psalm 118, the stone the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. Jesus, he said, I know I have to be despised and I know I have to be rejected and I know I have to be beaten and I know I have to be smitten, but I know that if I do this, I will become the chief cornerstone. Jesus was aware that suffering through the cross would save you and satisfy you forever. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. This is the last scripture of today. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, not despising its shame. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy, Jesus didn't go into the triumphal entry and go on like, man, this is going to suck. It's going to be the worst year of my life. It's going to be like COVID all over again. We're gonna have to, I'm going to have to Zoom with Pontius. I'm gonna, his wife's annoying. It's got no cell service down the block. The Wi-Fi's slow. This is the worst. It's the worst. 
Could you imagine that prideful, haughty, arrogant attitude in Jesus? He's like, God, these people are the worst. That one month, one minute they're like, Hosanna. The next minute they're like, crucify him. The one minute they're like, save us. The next minute they're like, you can't save yourself. He didn't have a bad attitude. The Bible says, for the joy that was set before him. Jesus was like, if I do this, I know that I can save you and I can satisfy your soul forever. Oh God, here's my life. Oh God, here I am. I humble myself under your mighty plan to say, Lord, use my life because I know that through my death, they're going to live. I know through my death, the debt will be paid. I know that through my death, there's going to be life forevermore. So I gladly lay down my life. I wonder if there's any passion for the joy that's set in front of you. What's the joy that's in front of you? Say, you know what? I'm living for something bigger than myself. I'm not living for the glory of my name. I'm living for the glory of his name. I'm not living to see what I can get. I'm living to see what I can give. You think I'm in this so that I can get praised? Oh, trust me. I'm going low so that somebody else can get praised. This is not about what I want. This is about what God wants. I want to encourage you, church, as we come into Passion Week, let's get some passion for Jesus. Let's get some passion for humility. Let's see God do great things in us and see God do great things through us. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet today. Jesus, we thank you. We praise you.